Mike, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. All right, bad, bad, bad. Everything okay? <laughs> it's fantastic. So, in the spirit of the conversation, I actually have my, my son's awards banquet, and we've been here since 2 30, and we're at Urban Air, and we just shut it down. So, wait, say that again. Like, guys, I gotta go. Like, I really, really gotta go. So, <laughs> hey, wait. So, you're at a banquet? Yeah, well, I'm at Urban Air, which is like an indoor play thing. Uh -huh. Just close it down, but it's all good, bro. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good scenery in terms of what the conversation is going to be all about. Now, this is like a sports-related thing, no? Absolutely. It is. Listen, at the mm -hmm. end of the day, what are we talking about? We're putting. We're talking about coming here, spending money on kids to support and reward them for a hard work ethic, which is what the ultimate goal is to get them to understand that if they work really hard and they do the right things, that they'll be rewarded. In some mm -hmm. way, shape, or form, even though it doesn't go their way, but we have to uh, continue to instill that in them and push forward that hard work ethic is still going to take you places. I mean, we can we can kind of just cut through all the intros at this point and just kind of, I guess, give the listeners about a little bit about who you are, you know, where you played, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, your coach Mike, and just just call, again, I'll give you the mic. Seeing that you're already doing this stuff, see, this is what I love about these live streams. We don't just attract people that talk it. The, the man is actually working an event on Sunday, and this is what we're here to discuss, guys. So go ahead. I'll give you the mic and talk a little bit about yourself and what you're all about. No problem. Now, Coach Mike Melitis here. I go by Coach Unitas. <laughs> uh, started my nonprofit about a year ago, but been doing work in the community for the last five, six. Um, I coach. I motivational speak. I'm involved in the community in many different shapes and forms, uh, especially the black community. And I'm really doing everything I can to try to make a difference and bridge the gap between law enforcement and the community. Retired cop now. So now I'm pushing it a step further. I'm really big on mental health, really big on development, really big on helping the parents too, because the parents need a lot of help and helping them with their struggles and their problems. Because if you want to invest into a kid, you have to invest into their parents as much as you can. A lot of times it may not work in your favor every day, but ultimately the parents know you're genuine and you're doing things the right way and you really genuinely care about their kid off the field, you will succeed. You will succeed. And it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to be involved with the kids. I mean, I, I think that anybody who's involved as a teacher, a coach, um, a counselor, anybody who really tries to put off for the community, has it's such a high reward. And there's so mm -hmm. much to do that I, I really I commend people like that. And there's many different ways that we can talk tonight about how we can help the community better, how we can help the uh -huh. kids better prepare them for college. But ultimately, you know, my my foundation of what I want, I believe in with Coaching Ice Foundation, everybody that's on my board is, you know, our four pillars. Uh, they're in there. Our four pillars, which are leadership on the floor, right by Coach Duke, right by the trash can. I'm sorry, one of the kids asked me where the keys are. Um, leadership, mental health, professionalism, and conflict resolution are the four things that I try to and still mm -hmm. in every kid that I touch, um, the, the, my nonprofit, the same thing, and all the people around are like-minded in that regard and want to see the kids succeed. Um, you know, ultimately, you you learn a lot when you're involved in the community, the struggles of people, what they've gone through in their life, bad right. teams they've been on, you know, from every age group, from optimist to high school. And, you, you know, you want to touch the kids and try to help them understand that the shortcuts are not going to work that the little right. things matter, the details matter, and that the, a lot of times, especially with NIL coming, the entitlement. Mm -hmm. The entitlement. 
I was this coach did this, this coach did that for me. Do you want to be a little league legend or do you want to be on a play on Sunday? Now I may I may not have all I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I never my my career never went past high school. Um, never played mm-hmm. past high school. I just got involved in the community, became a cop, and then saw the opportunity to really try to make a difference after George Floyd and after everything that happened with a lot of my friends, you know, and their life. I really, really it touched me and it put me in a position to where I wanted to make a difference. And you know, you can people can talk all they want. What's up? We'll see. Um, all you can talk all you want by the end of the day, actions. I mean, I got these kids with me right now. My son. Yeah, you go. What's up, little man? <laughs> so, you know, we're just we're having a ball right now, man. We're trying to right. get Jason. Danny, get Jason. Yeah, we're trying to do what all we right, can so, to help these kids out, man. Well, first of all, I appreciate you jumping on, even though you um you're obviously you're, you're doing stuff with the kids. But what I do want to ask, and in in regards to a lot of the parents that you work with, and one of the things that actually came up today in the Dolphins coaching clinic because there was a guy from the NCAA there. He was he was saying that South Florida has the kids with the most scholarships. However, they're not able to move forward with the scholarships because their academics aren't on point. Like he's, <laughs> he put the numbers out there. He put percentages. He put the whole thing out there. So how do you, you know, how are you able to service that component of athletics? Because obviously South Florida has the athletes. That's why I moved here myself. Um, they got the dogs. But it's clear that the numbers are showing we're not, they're not succeeding in the classroom and that's hindering them from getting a lot of scholarships. So how do you, how do you see yourself kind of being a person that helps with that component? Well, I mean, it's a very deep question. I can tell you this right now. Uh, we have to do a better job at holding academics to a higher standard. And, and I, what I mean by that is when, uh, when you find out that one of your best players has bad grades, they can't play. And you have to explain to them why that's important because I coached Little League and high school last year. Mm-hmm. I had two kids last year in high school, would have been D1, but they didn't have the grades. And it was it was an opportunity for them to put their foot down and grind on it and do it. I think the biggest thing is if we don't make – if we don't really instill these things in these kids at a young age, and, and it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do because at the end of the day, um, you have to fight the parents and, and, ha- and bad habits. And ultimately, right. when you're, you're trying, we will, what we're really talking about is replacing bad habits. Because it's easy to say, oh, put them in study group, put them with this, put them with that. No, it, it doesn't work that way because at the end of the day, if the kid does not have the discipline to do it on his own, he's never going to, and he doesn't have the support at home, how are we expecting a, a child, teenager, to buckle down and do it? He has to make the decision up on his own, and hopefully we get more support mm-hmm. from the coaches that they come up with. But Little League is a, is a, is a disaster. It, it's now, a disaster. when you say support, what would support look like for you? Like, would it be from the high school coach coming down and, and putting his foot down and saying, look, this kid's not playing? Or would it be, like, them maybe providing tutors? How would you how would you kind of define support for anybody that's listening that wants to help? I mean, listen, when it comes to support and helping the kids out, it's I, what I would say is, I believe in building a village, and I think the biggest thing we need to do as leaders, you know, from your standpoint to the, to the teachers, to everybody, is we have to stop pointing fingers, and we have to start mm-hmm. working together. I think too many times, well, football's not that important, or this is not important. Well, everything is important, but at the end of the day, what are we trying to do? What's the goal? The goal is to get the kid into college, okay? He has right. a great skill set that God blessed him with. How do we get him to college? 
And I think that instead of working, we need to do a better job working together. And everybody needs to respect everybody's position and understand we all want the same thing for the kid to shine. I would like to see more of a, a systematic program installed into into public schools, like mm-hmm. private schools, where they have the, the support all the way around from the administrators to the tutors to everybody. You know, right. it, 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 and at the end of the day, um, in public school, you are behind the curve. You do have less resources. You do have less help. And it, it, it's not easy being a public school coach. It's not. But at the end of the day, if we really want to help change these kids' lives, we have right. to come with the right support structure and write programs in the school to help these kids out. Please people done. And right, it's, it's not something that I see a lot greatly. Now, what my nonprofit does is we Yeah, that, that, actually, yeah, you beat me to it. I was going to ask you, yeah. how would your nonprofit be able to, to fix that? We can get a, we can get a hold of a child and his family and sit down with them and say, listen, let's talk about all these issues you're having. And we dissect them. Usually you're going to have some type of family dynamic where you may not have both parents at home. Uh, mm-hmm financially they may not be able to afford a lot and there may be some issues where um there could be some prior trauma that plays a role my first thing is okay let's identify the home dynamic forget school forget anything if if you don't have peace at home how can you expect a child to go to school and perform if they know when they come home it's worse mm-hmm. you know everybody looks at home should be a sanctuary for everybody in a place of peace in a place where a child yeah. feels oh man I, I get that so i mean and uh, i hate to cut you off on that but not that okay, point buddy. that you made, that point that you made is so very important, all right? Because too often do I hear it kind of being glamorized that football is is a kid's safe haven. Like it's their place of rep, it's their place where they need peace. That's a business. Okay. Football is a business. The fact that they say that that's where they get their peace is a is an indictment on what's going on in the home. And the home needs to be where they get their peace. Football is a business, it's chaos, all right? You're not gonna be, you're never going to you shouldn't find it peaceful all right you should always kind of be competing you should always be kind of on that edge where you're working hard now i get what they're saying kind of from a big picture standpoint but when you hear that at the home the people that are listening to me right now that have the responsibility of building a home that's something that you have to take into consideration you almost have to take it as an insult when your kids say okay the football is the only place where i can kind of have peace you got to start taking it as an insult start to build a home in which all right that's where your peace is. That's where you have your foundation. I agree with you 100%. How do we take the American family and mm-hmm. give them the resources and tools to make them feel like they're whole? Because what people don't understand is that people that come from a very um, broken dynamic where a scarcity mindset comes in and you have a lot of uh, broken homes and you know families that have been generations on welfare or are used to just surviving the day, mm-hmm. is how do you create, how do you change that? And create a family dynamic to where they feel comfortable talking about their problems and getting help for them. It's not easy. And people, I, I think a lot of people understand that's the issue, how big mental health affects the black community. But it's not something that they really want to talk. It's not something that wants to be talked about. You know, it's just it's one of those things where us just brush on the rug. No, mental health is huge. And getting the family dynamic on point and then head in the right direction where there's communication, where people don't feel shame about things. And, you know, you're able to help a mother with her situation where she feels you get her help her with her life. Like, you know, like, what mm-hmm. are we doing to help these people out? Like help them educate them, help them with a resume, help them interview, help yeah. them get a job, you know, help them learn skills, you know, because my, what my nonprofit does is I want to teach people how to fish. I don't want people to depend on me to help them. I want them to learn how to do on their own so they mm-hmm. can thrive on their own. And once they're thriving on their own, they have that self-esteem. You will notice a drastic shift in the way the family is 
you'll see the smiles you know there's yeah. going to be some, there eventually there'll be food in the fridge you know and they'll be able to kind of fend for themselves and do more for themselves and eventually they'll make better business decisions you know a lot of them can't see past the day and and they just want out major job on major business and they just want what's ahead of them now and unfortunately short money is fast money and that's not going to equal to the long the long game because there are plenty of people out there who want to help you and i think yeah. now more than ever with the way the economy is and the way this country is going right now people want to help people say well this isn't working we're not getting along everybody's pointing fingers what can we do to help fix the problem because yeah. i think the, people underestimate the human spirit and how resourceful humans are they really are and when it comes down to it when the chips are down people will do the right thing yeah. if they're given the opportunity to do the right thing okay so to, and i see right you're busy so and one I of the things see any more of these things oh, go, go through that down. Go yeah, ahead, so ahead, one of the things I wanted to I want to make sure we get this on record because I know you're 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 riding around. So um That's when cool. it comes to NIL and what you and the way it's structured, and I think I might have mentioned this to you. If not, I'm I'm telling you now, but there are situations now where kids are able to cut deals that they're gonna lead them, they're set up in the future. Like I think Snoop Dogg's league it got announced that there was a kid that signed a six-figure deal out of Snoop, like while he's in third grade, he doesn't have access to the money till later on in life and his parents managed it and all that kind of stuff. So with that in mind, how can you see yourself kind of fitting into the, to the world now where NIL is becoming more and more of a big deal as we, uh, as we move forward? I want to be very honest with you and whoever's listening. I'm very nervous about that. I don't feel good about it because, right. because everybody's hurting for money especially people who play football that come from poverty, you're going to see a... They're, 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 listen, there's no loyalty now, but I can tell you this much, there's definitely going to be no loyalty as time goes on, and people are going to go to whoever's going to pay them the most. And unfortunately, because competition is what drives this country to another level, mm -hmm. uh, I'm very worried and concerned that the wrong people... Or the wrong people are going to get involved in this, but I, I have a feeling it's going to do more harm than good. Yeah, it's going, do, it's going to do more harm than good. When you're, you're, going, you're going to see a, a lot of kids and a lot of families torn apart. Um, a lot of coaches are going to get caught up in the hype and thinking that they're they're offering the best deal. But at the end of the day, what are we doing to fiscally and legally responsibly make sure that this is done the right way for the right reason? Right. Because we both know it's not going to happen. We both know it's right. not going to happen. So that, that's my question, though. Like, I get what you're saying. And like everything, there's equal amount of trade. There's no perfect situation in life. As much as we like to make things equally bad, I mean, everything has equal bad and equal good to it. Like, how do you able, how are you able to maybe help uh, families that are in situations like that or the ones that have been burnt by what is NIL is actually doing? Because I get what you're saying in terms of it going into the wrong hands and now a kid is only going where the money is and all that kind of stuff. How do you how, how do you able to um to kind of keep a family from really falling apart because of all the money that's involved? You're gonna really have to have a great you have to you're gonna have to build relationships. Yeah, that, that's the toughest thing is you're gonna have to build real relationships, and you're gonna it's gonna take time to really earn the trust to the point where you are able to have some type of impact to where they're gonna listen to you, and they're mm -hmm. not gonna let um the situation drive them apart or drive them in the wrong direction because yeah. once you have a there's there's so much talent in here i mean i can give you kids nicknames now and stuff like that that are 10 years old 11 years old they're superstars and 
they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna be the they're gonna have that chance to have Dabla and I.O. I don't know how much it's gonna be or how it's gonna be controlled, but we have to have systems in place with laws and structure yeah. that allow things to run the right way. If you make it a free for all, like the way college, like the way it is now, like the way actually that's that's what my previous guest. So he works at the University of Minnesota. He said, like the problem is they made it a free for all. You're gonna have real problems. You're gonna Wait, have go real ahead. problems. It's gonna, it's gonna get bad real quick. Did, did I lose you? Yeah, I think you were in a dead if zone. You, uh, you can respond. Yeah, if if you do not have laws and systems in place to help govern and monitor the way NIL is distributed mm-hmm. in high school and on down, you're going to have serious problems about how the culture and the community of South Florida is greatly affected because it's not going to be good. I mean, listen, I am no NIL expert. I don't have the answers. I don't know all the law. I mm-hmm. follow a lot of it. I read a lot of it. But the way it's being used right now is really, really, really ruining football because we're not teaching. We are fighting a very dangerous battle of between good coaching programs and making mm-hmm. money. And, and how that, that scale balances back and forth all the time, my, my friend. And well, you, dude, you it, know, it, it's bad. It's, it's what, what could what we we can only speculate what can happen. I just mm-hmm. don't see anything good coming from it. I don't. I um. So here's what I found out today, to be honest with you, Mike. Uh, so the University of Miami, the U, the Hurricanes, one of the I think it was the DB's coach that was there today doing the clinic. And I asked him about NIL stuff and he looked at me, he said, we're not even allowed to talk about it. Like we like him as an assistant coach cannot go to a recruit and even discuss NIL. We can't talk about the numbers. We can't do anything with it. And we ended up having a good talk because I realized I'm like, yo, that should be the person talking to you about NIL, your position coach, the person that's actually recruiting you in your in your is going to be with you the most. So I think the problem is, again, communication and lack of relationships like the kid that is going to get the money is going to be talking to this assistant coach who doesn't even who's in the dark about how much money he can make NIL wise. He can't help the kid like there's so many things that they're kind of handicapping the assistant position coaches with that I feel like there has to have some sort of communication that's being trickled down to the youth kids. Like I like the way I like the takeaway I took from that conversation was there's such a huge void in terms of how to get the money to where the athlete and the talents are. It's like you got the talent, all right, here's the person with the money and they just gonna do whatever. But there needs to be some foundation in between, a go-between that's not a collective that says this is what this is how things are gonna work because that's the one that's recruiting you. Hundred percent agree. I, I agree with everything you said. It's the fact that you're sharing that information right now and that's right. being said is very scary because it's letting you know right now that the the lack of control that means they have to be silent about it because it, it gets out of hand really, really, really bad. <laughs> like, yo, he was scared to talk to me about it. Like, I mean, I'm like, I'm not a recruit. <laughs> he was scared. He was scared to have a come. Like, all right, man, it's all good. I, that's funny, dude. That and that's funny, but scared at the same time because like, right. I'm here to learn. I'm trying to find out more. But I mean, you have, I mean, like that post that came out there. Like, you have third string running back saying, if you don't give me a hundred grand, I'm out because. These kids, these kids know how hard it is to make it to the NFL, and they come from nothing. A lot of them, and they know yeah. fifty grand, a hundred grand, two hundred k could change their family's life. It really can. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money, you know. And at the end of the day, these kids deserve to be paid. It's just we're still going through the growing periods 
of mm-hmm. how the schools are 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 take getting the money, working with these collectives and these boosters, and finding a way to make their programs win. I mean, but you have kids that are threatening to leave. Give me a million dollars, or I'm gone. Give me this, or I'm gone. I mean, it's crazy to think that. But at the end of the day, listen, we created this monster. Now we have yeah. to tame it. We, yeah. we really did. I mean, and so at the end of the day, there's nobody to blame but ourselves because yeah. we allowed the greed of winning to take over. And now it's to the point where it's like, well, we've been known that the kids, athletes have been getting paid. Now it's legally allowed to happen. And But you're seeing coaches bow out now because they're realizing they can't just bully everybody with the bank account. So yeah. I think that you're, I think younger coaches are going to start stepping up now, but I yeah. think you're going to see Congress get involved very shortly. With another year, that's kind of really well. That's kind of what he said in a. I, he kind of said in a tongue-in-cheek way. He goes, "You know, I'm talking about the Miami because you can like, I know, I know it still gets done, but technically the rules say we're not. But he was looking at me like, yeah, you know, certain things happen behind closed doors. But you know, and your point about we created that monster is huge. And I want all the adults and all the you know the older people to really listen to me when I say we got to stop with the patronizing of these kids. All right, I get it. I, I went to a school that has tons of players in the NFL right now, so I, I get it. I understand how much easier they make your job, but they are still kids. I get that they're great athletes. I get that they have a lot of scholarship offers. They might be your your go-between between you and a college coaching job that you so de- you so desperately want, but you got to understand you can't use the kids and shop the kids as if they're like your show ponies, all right? They're human beings. You have to treat them as they're human beings. They got to be disciplined. One of the great things my my high school coach was, Coach Malloy, he would scream at the, the All-Americans the same way he'd scream at the FCS dudes, and you would not know the difference. And that's what made him the most winning coach in Maryland. So if, if, if you take anything from this live, and this will actually be going on my podcast as well, is make sure you're doing that. Because as you can hear the passion in Coach Mike's voice, you can hear the passion in my voice. It doesn't matter where we are. The bottom line is this is a problem that is going to completely get it's going to get worse before it gets better. And we need young coaches to step up and start to, you know, fix this stuff because, I mean, we're going to the game's going to go on regardless. But these are the kinds of things that can ruin it if we're not careful. So. I'm with you. I'm with you 100 percent. I mean, listen, you in South Florida, you play ball down here. You got talent. Little League opens up the doors for parents to get paid for their kids' talent. I mean, I've seen six and seven year olds go for five thousand dollars. You know mm-hmm. that that teams are willing to pay for to have them on the team, eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars just because they want to win that bad. And it starts right <laughs> there. Crazy, That's man. where it starts because the kids know they're good. And the kids here will go Like I didn't yeah. even hear that. <laughs> yeah, and the kids get paid. They'll pay for players, and that's just the way it is down here. You're not going to change it. It's part of recruiting, and it's basically why these coaches love us down here because we're this is the most competitive market in the country. Yeah. These kids learn these kids are competing from the moment they are they are born and play outside with their siblings and in their neighborhood. And and it, look at the weather down here right now. I mean outside of it being a rainy day, dude. I mean it's in the seventies mm-hmm. and eighties and sixties. It's football weather year round. You know? Yeah. And you just gotta understand that this type of market, the way it works here, it carries its way into high school. It goes into college. And the my, my, it's just crazy to me because I have kids that some of them are getting bad grades. Some of them are getting better grades. Some of them we have to stay on top of them. You know, when you get to high school, dude, their first semester in ninth grade is the most important. That's going to dictate whether you're playing catch-up or you're, you're just trying to stay afloat, you know? And it, it's sad, man, because the manipulation of, of single moms and 
using and then them realizing that their kid could give them an opportunity to live better also too plays a role. Mm-hmm. But who am I who am I to tell a mother or a family that that has nothing and then someone's offering money for their child to help pay them? How who am I to tell them not to take that? That's not my job. My, I do things differently. I do things a completely different way using my nonprofit to try to help guide people and help them in the right direction. And I've had a lot of success with parents. I've got kids' mental mm-hmm. health help. Um, I've gotten help with the parents. I put them in with social workers, with programs. Um, put them in with psychologists. I have psychologists on board. I have trauma, uh, people who specialize in trauma on board that I can go to for resources and help them out. So, you know, you gotta you got to really be invested into the family and mainly the parents. I'm telling you right now, the biggest thing is the parents. The kids are great, but the kids are still kids. They, they don't have a say in everything. And you can do all the nice stuff in the world for them, and the parents will appreciate that. And most of the time, they will go around them. But my thing is, what are you doing to help the parents? Like, 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 listen, not everybody makes great choices in life. There are people who make a lot of poor life choices, myself mm-hmm. included. I made mistakes too. But at the end of the day, what is the total approach that you're looking to help out? Because if, if I'm if I'm right now looking at nil, objecting, and this is me shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. I think I think the the private schools are going to have the number one pick in the NIL. They're going to have the best NIL deals, and they're going to use that to recruit. Which eventually you're going to have private schools being in their own class itself down here. I think that's where we're headed. You know, I mean, you're not going to be able to with Saint Thomas. Where, well, I'm glad you brought them up because they call it NIL, but this stuff has been going on for years, man. I mean, they have situations where you have to pay to go to those schools. Well, obviously, we know that there's athletes who don't pay because they're great athletes in certain you situations. You have all so, different scholarship programs. And, yeah, and, and different scholarship fact, programs. A lot of them go for free. You know, listen, and that's just the way it is. You know, yeah. I think everybody's scared. Everybody doesn't like saying the R word, the recruit, the mm-hmm. I'm a, I recruited you, or or there's recruiting. Yeah. Oh, just because you can't recruit legally. But everybody does it. It's just not talked about. And then you hear teams get fined. You know, and there's investigations that open up because everybody's yeah. doing the same thing. But because I beat out your school and got your and got this kid, you are automatically going to tattletale on me because you have mm-hmm. a screenshot of a, of a text between a coach and a kid. You know, and it happened. Yeah. That happens all the time too, which is very frustrating because it's like, so you lose and you're going to screw out this other team because you didn't get the kid. You know, we're our own worst enemy, man. We are our own worst enemy down here. We're not doing anything as a whole because everybody's so worried about their own ship and winning yeah. that they're not focusing on the bigger problem. And I think we're going to need a lot of support and guidance down here in NIL in South Florida, especially because the way, the way, the way it operates right now without NIL is scary, but at least there's somewhat of level. But once you include NIL, which I don't even know how you're going to think about it. Little league, little league leagues are going to have to have rules now for this. Parks mm-hmm. are going to have to have rules. I mean, there's going to have to be investigated. I mean, it's going to get crazy, man. We're not ready for this, you know? Right. Well, well, that, I mean, the fact that you said that kind of leads me to the final thing that I might have find the final talking point in when I do with these is if you were, like, let's say you were the person that were, was responsible for putting laws in place, especially at the youth level in regards to NIL, what would be, like, one or two things that you think needs to have happen in order for it to at least run, I mean, we all know it's not going to run smoothly, completely, but at least for it to have some sort of cohesion to it. I think you need to have 
a few things. One of them definitely is um, whoever is the NIL. Mm-hmm. It can't just be a collective of a whole bunch of dads that own businesses that want to put money together and say that, oh, we recruited these kids and we won. It has to be legit businesses with legit intention of helping kids understand marketing, understand yes. their value and how to build them up and make them um, better people, not just use no, them for a commercial for that. So, uh, I got you. I got Well, I, I don't want to. But so just so I'm understanding you instead of a business and this this is for you business owners as well, because I just. I do NIL deals with uh, with college athletes myself, and the conversation I had earlier today with a girl who plays basketball at Butler, I asked her about the deal she did before, and she did with one with ZipRecruiter, and she looked at me, and she goes, there was really just no no intention to it. <laughs> That's what she said to me. Yeah. So, like, what, what you said is important because if you're a business, I'm not going to let you slap my kid on some commercial and you make your money off it and you never hear from the kid. No, I want you actually providing some resources that the kid can take advantage of. So, all right, I do this deal with you and he's going to become a little more, he or she is going to become sharper as an individual. I'm going to learn how to do some sort of a skill just so we're clear on that, but go ahead, man. I mean, dude, you're, you're hundred percent correct. And I, I want, if there's anything I want, I want to work with companies that are, want to say, okay, looking at this as, not a collective, but as a, an opportunity to help these kids be brand ambassadors. And, and like, you know, listen, yeah. there, there, you have a big name, five-star kid who's at a top school, you know, how can we, you want to use that kid to market your school? Cause it's nothing better than him being on national TV saying, Hey, make sure you check out this business, et cetera. Yada, yada. People are mm-hmm. going to do it just off rip just because of who the person is. But what are we doing to help that person? Because if we don't start teaching these kids on, on, on what their skills are as marketing, you know, and how to market them and how to make money, What's the sense? Because you're just basically giving them an opportunity to make the money using their name and their face and their image and likeness. But we're not taking it a step further. We're really trying to groom them because a lot of these kids are smart. I think that's one of the biggest downfalls that people understand is these kids are very business savvy. Okay. They understand Mm -hmm. their value and they understand when you want something from them, they understand what they want from you. It's all about making it happen. But if we don't have a system in place to where things have checks and balances and that there's a way to make sure a business is being done ethically and we're doing things the right way, not just pimping a kid out or letting a parent do it for money because they want it. We're going to have problems. We're going to have serious problems and you're going to, you're never going to be able to build successful kids who want to be developed for the right reason. All they're going to do is say, I want to make money. I want to play ball because I just want to make NIL money. But, But the truth is how can you discourage them from that? Because they come from nothing. Right. If it's an opportunity for them to make 250k, 300k, 400k in college and get out, maybe they don't go to the league, but hey, they're able to use that money to start up a business, get into real estate, and help yes. change their family stars. I'm all for that. But we have to get, we have to put our greed and ego aside and come up with a really, really safe way to make sure that everybody's protected, not just the kids, the schools, the athletes, the program, the brand. You know, our, our, mm-hmm. our, our the kids, the culture, the future. You know. Because this is going to have drastic implications on how football is played, yeah, and how we teach these kids how to survive in the real world. Because right. you're giving them an opportunity to make money based upon a skill set they have, but if we don't do it the right way and really do it to help them out and make mm-hmm. sure they're set afterwards, all we're doing is using them to make money, and kids are just going to—it's a revolving door. And yeah. all you're going to do is have broken kids that are broke with families, and then nothing set in place 
you know, I definitely think they should have they have to have a real manager. There should be financial responsibility involved mm-hmm. and not just letting them go buy jewelry or go buy whatever they want because they never had that. There has to be something in place to help teach them. And that's why I'm very passionate about what I do because mm-hmm. you're leading a kid astray just to make money off them, but you're not doing anything to help them out live because how many athletes go broke? Uh, the, the numbers are staggering. And, and, and what are we doing to help that? And that's, that's what scares me, man. It mm-hmm. really scares me, you know, because you're, you're basically let be addicted. To, let, the, the, the football is an addiction and gambling and everything. People live off, people make a living off of it mm-hmm. in many different ways in this world. Coaching, you know, you name it, marketing. But if we're not doing something to help these kids understand their value and yeah. how to make something out of it and how yeah. to keep that going, we're failing. We're, they're just going to go broke. And then it's like, well, you had the money, you lost it. You know, try to make this work so we can help people bless other kids. You know, bless their community. I don't know how many kids I know being down here that have made it. That how many of them really come back and help out the community? How many of them really come back and have a have a real strong footprint in the community to help change kids' lives? Or what are they doing? Yeah. Starting a nonprofit, just donating any money so they don't get killed on taxes? You know, enough. You know, yeah. there's plenty of other good. How many? How, here's one for you. How many yeah, trainers out there? How many good trainers sacrifice so much time, effort, and money giving these kids deals and breaks? Because they believe in them, and then these kids make make them become millionaires, and they don't come back to the community and bless them. That's a problem too. You know, that's a huge. You've been thing. lucky to get nil. You've been lucky to play college ball. Lucky to make mm-hmm. it to league. You're a multi-millionaire. What are you doing to come back and saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna help out. I'm gonna help start this program, or help mm-hmm. put these kids into college, or don't, or build a community center with trainers who can help yeah. educate kids, not just in football, but in life, mentors. You know, that's yeah. what we need. And, and that's we, we, and we need stuff for the parents. Yeah, well, that that's that was going to be my next point because when you lay out the rules in terms of if we were to teach them at a young age, in, in many ways, to be honest with you, Mike, I don't know if a lot of these players know how. You know, I know they want to help, but you got to think they've been told how great they are their whole life. The patronizing, the I mean, the constant praise and the constant "You're so great, you're so great, you're so great." I mean, I they don't know how to come back and do it like they have so many people around them that at this point has taken advantage of them and they they have their money they they say okay i'm gonna do something in the community and they feel like they actually did their part because they just don't in, in my opinion i don't know if they have the skill set or they they necessarily were trained to figure out how to get the money directly to the people that need it and one of the things i actually talk about is in the book is making sure that we are teaching the financial literacy component at an earlier, earlier age. So they, when they do make it, they just know, all right, there's certain people that are around in my team that don't need to be there because you're just taking a, you're just taking a percentage and not doing what it is you said you were going to do. And that affects my reputation. My name is behind these camps, these bullshit camps that you're putting on where you're charging a couple hundred dollars for these camps. My name's behind that. You're, you're good because you're collecting the check or whatever. So those are the things that, again, like you had already mentioned, Make sure that these people that are coming in, especially at the youth level and the high school level, their intentions got to be there. They got to have the right intentions. I can't stress that enough. Um, the, the single mothers I, I teach to, I'm around them all day. They do not have a clue. They go on the sports center and they see um, Pat Mahomes sign for 400 million. That's what they know. <laughs> and they think it, no, like, you're, you're, you're completely right. And like, <laughs> it's so funny you say that because. 
a lot, I, I, my son's team, there's a lot of single moms. And you have about three of them or four of them are football moms. Right. They know the game. They know the rules. I mean, some of you know about leverage and numbers and everything. It's really right. funny. It's fun to talk to them. But, like, they understand the business side of it. And some of them even told me that, Mike, I'll never let anybody pay for my team because they own you. And it goes, and it's the same thing when they get older. Everybody wants money and their kid to shine. But what are we doing to ensure that that lasts? You know, yeah. what are we doing to help the family out and get them to understand, like, this is a, this is a marathon. And while you're going through that marathon, there's going to be quick points in time where you're going to sprint. And you're going to be able to make that money, yeah. but it's it's going to go by really really quick, you know. And what are you going to do to what are you going to do to make sure that that lasts or help help prepare a plan to make sure that your family's taken care of? And it's just it's very hard because people are just people are humans just naturally want to be worth they want to be feel appreciated they want to mm-hmm. feel valued and they and at the end of the day when there's money involved you really start to see who is there for the right reasons mm-hmm. and who's just trying to put money in someone's pocket so they can make a lot of money off them. And I really want to do more in South Florida to help families understand the true purpose of NIL, but the true purpose of how to sustain and grow your family and your child on and off the field. Like our saying in Coach United says, we don't want kids to go through life. We want to help them grow through life, you know? And if we're not constantly harnessing that plant and taking care of it, trimming it, feeding it, giving it water, and showing it love and staying with it, mm-hmm. it's exhausting, man. It's very tiring. And the more kids you're responsible for, the less time you have for yourself. Then comes compassion fatigue. Then right. comes, you know, the, the logistical issues of, hey, this, fa- this kid lives here. How do we get him to practice, you know? I mean, dude, there's so many ways that this can affect the community. Mm-hmm. And if we don't do a good job of building a village and having a system in place to where we have the outlets and resources that parents need and the community needs to help them continue to deal with this in a positive way, right. we're just going to be creating a monster and multiple monsters on so many levels to where, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to have people walking around feeling so entitled that their kid's a Little League superstar making a thousand, maybe making five grand for the season or 2,000 mm-hmm. for the season. You know, it's going to create a lot of animosity. It's going to be a very hard time to be a coach down here because parents are not going to have patience for anything other than I want my kid to be a superstar. Right. Now, maybe that gets rid of the superstar teams that are all that are created to win. But, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe somebody comes in and says, I want to NIL your, that park, that team, because they have kids that I'm interested in yeah. for the future. Because NIL is going to be used in Little League to recruit for high school. And it's going yeah. to be used in high school to recruit gonna for college. That's what they're going to do. And, that, and that's just the way it's going to go. It's, I'm telling you, man, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not happy about it at all. So, I mean, I, I, um, I, I know we, I knew, I know me, I know this always happens. I'm, I'm going to start telling people that these are going to go 45 minutes instead of 30 minutes. But, uh, uh I do want to give you, I do want to give you the opportunity to, to talk a little bit more about your company, how people get in touch with you and stuff like that. So, you know, if anyone's listening, they can reach out understand they feel your passion i obviously feel your passion i know you do some stuff with proactive athletes so the the floor is yours to kind of to close it out man listen man first i want to thank you for bringing me on your gentleman i mean we had a wonderful time bonding at the football game sat in the best seats i've ever sat in my life yeah uh, you're a true that gentleman. Was really about i can't take credit for that <laughs> well i'm gonna give you the credit buddy because yeah. they, they called me man but yes um your company everything you do everything you do with nil 
I mean, you've shed a lot of light and taught me so much too. But I mean, ultimately, um, I'm Coach Unitas. That's my name on Instagram. C-O-A-C-H-U-N-I-T-E, us. Coach Unitas, hit me up. You can DM me. You can call me. Um, cell phone's on there too. Um, I have a website. It's www.coachunitas.org. That's my company's website um, for donations, for resources, for programs. You know, we have our Build Your Brand program. We have mental health. Um, we have training. We have everything available that you would need to help your child grow off the field, on and off the field, and yourself as well, too, as a parent. And I'm always open. My phone's on 24-7, and I'm looking to participate more in the community, do some more um, events in the community that will also help you. What we're talking about today with NIL, but with life, mental health, conflict resolution. Um, because let's face it, when you're dealing with money, you're dealing with business, you're dealing with conflict. Knowing how, to re- knowing how to keep a professional tone and not take things personal is a very important part of life. Because business is business, personal is personal. And my, my, my nonprofit, my goal, my footprint is all designed to help the community in South Florida sustain for many generations past when I'm gone. That way mm-hmm. we have a safer community, a smarter community, and people who are better served about benevolence. Because the more you give, the more you receive. Well, I appreciate you for jumping on, Mike, and everyone that's been listening throughout. Uh, I know we switched up the times this week, but again, like I tell you, every Sunday we're going to be here diving in, talking NIL. So continue to stay tuned. And this today I got a ton of leads, ton of contacts to bring in an even more great guest than I've already had. So fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you, my brother. Have a wonderful evening.